Hi there, and welcome to How To with Ann Malum. When deciding to do this podcast, I really wanted to create something that could give people real tools on how to execute on certain things. So often we talk about things on such a macro scale that yes, leaves people inspired, but with no real idea on what the steps are to make something in their own life happen. I challenge and encourage and probe my amazing guests to get granular and specific on their strategies, their mindset, their tactics, and their methodologies so that you can learn practical, actionable steps to best optimize your confidence, career, health, and wealth. What's up, everybody, and welcome to How To with Ann Malum. Today, I'm thrilled to have Jonathan and Renee Shapiro. They are co-founders of Wellness CBD, Mindset Wellness CBD. These guys have started several businesses, and they have done it as a married couple. So today, guys, we're going to dive into how to build and create brands and community and also how to do it as a couple. I'm pretty pumped about this conversation because I'm an entrepreneur as well. And so is my boyfriend, and I'm sure they're going to share all kinds of tricks and trades with us. So welcome, Jonathan and Renee. It's nice to have you guys here. Oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us. We're really excited. Yeah. yeah well, let's let's just get in and tell the listeners a little bit about your you guys. And again, four businesses together, you know, how that happened, how you decided to want to work together and be entrepreneurs. So folks can get a little bit of background. Yeah, a hundred percent. Let me dive right in. So, uh, you know, this started way back uh, when I was nineteen. Renee was twenty-one. Uh, imagine it's uh, nineteen ninety. Uh, we're in New York City. I have changed my name from John Shapiro to John Saint. I'm a white rapper uh, seeking out my first record deal. Renee is living on Twenty Second and Lex with a undiscovered uh, actress named Kelly Ripa. Uh, and they are living together, and uh, there's a calamity that happens in her apartment. Long story short, I'm crashing with some friends underneath the apartment they're in, and I see her, and this is it. I want to be with her forever. But of course, I've got all these mental issues and all these things that have you know, sort of been the narrative of my life. She's the only one who ever pushed past through all those things. And we have been codependently happy uh, from that point forward. Uh, <laughs> this is a true story. <laughs> yes. So he ignored me. <laughs> and that, of course, I was like, wait, what's going on here? Um, I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I didn't understand him and just made me more attracted to him. I hear. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that funny how that works? Right. You're like, wait yeah. a minute. I, I what? Yeah. You you uh, you want to figure out the puzzle. Right. Exactly. Um, and so we, you know, very quickly within two weeks of meeting her, uh, I absconded her back to Long Island with me where I felt safe took her out of the city. And uh, we were married two years later. Uh, I was 21 uh, at my wedding. Uh, so I was able to have a drink. Um, and, 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 you know, the rest, obviously, everyone on the planet said, you know, you guys, you're out of your minds. It's never going to work. We had the most incredible children. And that is really the testament to uh, what this was. Uh, we came together uh, with tremendous uh, traumas in our backstories. And we just decided together uh we were going to change the narrative. We were going to change the stories. The stories that were planned for us were not the stories that we were going to live out. And so together we did that. And of course, there's a lot of push and pull. There's a lot of evolution. And then there's a lot of growth. And sometimes it's growth that's happening at different times. And that's difficult. Um, but to take it back to the 
the business part of it. So I'm in the music business. Well, well hold on. I'm gonna, like, not going to let you get off the hook that early. Right. And I'm, I'm going to go a little off script because, again, um, whenever there's, whenever I feel that there is a piece of relationship stuff there that I can just dive into a couple of minutes because it's so valuable for all of us who most of us have been in relationship, want to be in relationship or trying to improve and whatever. And I love what you said, Jonathan, about changing you know, the narrative. Listen, we all have wounds. We all have pieces of us that sometimes we think it's the other person. And a lot of time, all we're gonna do is take that wound and take it to the next person and the next person. So it's really on ourselves. You know, I can speak to my relationship with my own boyfriend when we have conflict. What's happening is we are a mirror of one another. We are exposing these wounds that need to be healed and we can help each other do it. But it also is another reminder that we each have independent work to do and the relationship is very meaningful to us. So we need to do that work to heal. In our case, it's, you know, little T trauma, but some of our self-protection or self-preservation you know, uh, defaults that we go into when we feel a sense of abandonment, when we feel scared, when we feel something. So again, I just love what you said, because we are in control. We don't have to take our emotional baggage, our emotional inheritance. You know, we're not all doomed or destined um, because of our parents or upbringing, but it does take work. Oh, yeah. Wow. That was beautifully said. That was so on point. I mean, the part about the mirror and, you know, the person being a mirror for you to look at and it's so true and it's so triggering but once you recognize that it's it really it, recognizing it is half the battle of it you know, once you recognize it then you can actually work on that and see where is that that coming from yeah we yeah i'm a big believer in, in therapy and brett and i do therapy not because there's anything wrong with our relationship it's like we want to be proactive and preventative and you know, it's really nice to talk to somebody when we're like, gosh, we just had this conflict and like this didn't make sense and it didn't feel good for us. What's going on? So um, anyway, I just uh, think that's pretty awesome. And for you guys have being married as long as you've been married and did it at a young age and built businesses, uh, I'm sure we should have a whole nother podcast on because <laughs> there's probably a lot to learn and to share there. Uh, absolutely. And so the journey took us uh, as I went uh, through the, the music business. Um, uh, I was dealing with this tremendous anxiety, tremendous anxiety. And and being an artist, you can get away with a lot of shit because you know you're an artist. At some point, though, I was on tour. I was in Miami, and I had a crash. I ended up in a bathtub, just like hysterical crying. I had to come home, and I sort of abandoned my you know what was my life at that point and it was strange because obviously i was this white jewish kid from the suburbs who was so completely embedded in the hip-hop business mm. but for me that that was sort of my therapy it was music therapy in a way yeah and came the next chapter and this was when things got interesting because uh renee had started a small uh, concession now her entire background uh was in retail from a, the, a very early age she had always worked retail and she was just you know she was just incredible at it i mean just uh, could connect with people. Um, and so she opened her own small uh, concession for baby clothes mm. and she's doing quite well, but I had a vision from the music business and I said, wait a minute, we can do something a little different. Long story short, uh, it was a store called Beautiful Baby that became Beautiful Kids and very quickly it became Beautiful Girl. And that's when the magic happened, when all of the trends that we were so aware of because of just the the lives or, or the, the perceptions that we had, we were now translating those to the suburbs. So we had this little store in Woodmere, New York, which was in the South Shore of Long Island. 
And we were just doing just phenomenal business out of it because we were bringing in all of the hottest brands mm. to the suburbs that people hadn't experienced yet. And we hit it really big with a brand called Ed Hardy. And I don't know if a lot of people remember Ed Hardy, but it was the tattoo t-shirts and we discovered them. We brought them uh, to the tri-state area. And at one point, the entire store was just everything was Ed Hardy, shoes, clocks, hats, hats, everything. But these things were selling you know, for three, $400 a t-shirt. It was in crazy time. Crazy. And then 2008 happened, the recession came. And in New York, especially, Bernie Madoff uh, made off with all of our customers' money. Uh, and all the grandmas and grandpas that would come in and buy these huge wardrobes in the suburbs for their kids suddenly started to dry up. And we had two locations at that point and the magic was starting to really wane and we didn't know what to do. Went on sale. And as soon as we went on sale, it was a, a, a line around the corner because we were on sale. I realized at that moment, it wasn't that people didn't have money to spend. They wanted to spend it differently. They wanted more for their money. And so I came up with the concept of Fast fashion, but for the suburbs. Now, fast fashion was a dirty word up to that point because it wasn't a brand. Everyone was very, very brand conscious. So the only way we could make it work was by be creating the brands that made up Mixology Clothing Company. And so in 2009, I launched Mixology with one location, the 10 brands that made up most of our business I created. They filled a unique category. Renee went and bought those brands, curated, curated those collections. And we caught fire and it was the right time. Instagram came around at almost the exact same time. And so people were taking pictures of themselves. They yeah. came the same outfits over and over again. And we hit wildfire in one location, hit to two, hit the four, hit to 10. And these were all of the, what you'd call luxury suburbs of the tri-state area. So from the Hamptons to the Upper East Side. Uh, and we were, uh, you know, knocking the cover off the ball, but behind the scenes, what people didn't realize was, was that all this success had not done anything to abate all of this sadness and all of this, this anxiety that I had kept under control now for almost 20 years with hardcore pharmaceuticals. And I am beyond thankful to all my doctors and I'm beyond thankful for all the medicine that I took because it got me to where I needed to go. But it was a very numbing kind of relationship. I don't remember a ton of the, uh, the, the experiences uh, and in 2018, when I'm at the top of my game, retailer of the year, you know, retailer of the year. And I just, I was like at the end of my rope. Mm. And I had what would seem to be, you know, everything, the most beautiful wife and the most beautiful children. And my friends are just the most supportive, wonderful people on the planet. And I, I, I just, I was at the end of my rope. An employee came to me and said, listen, try this. My husband's been doing this for stress. And it was this little bottle with a little uh, uh, marijuana leaf on it. And I like was like, you kidding me? what are you doing with this? I don't, I have anxiety. I, I don't need this in my life. Uh, long story short, it was CBD. It wasn't THC. I didn't know the difference. Mm -hmm. Look it. And it was as if a mental toothache went away. So imagine everything you're doing up to this point in your life. You have a toothache. Some days are really bad. Some days are better, but everything you're doing, you go to work, you have a toothache. You're driving, you have a toothache. You go to the movies, you have a toothache. Now suddenly that toothache is gone. And you're like, wait a minute, this is a new perspective, a new mindset. And so what I did was what I thought was going to be a weekend of sort of a little research and figuring out what CBD was and how it was working in my body became six months of just myopic obsession because I could not believe the simplicity, the beauty, the joy of what was happening and how simple this was. And then as a brand builder, which was you know what I did, I couldn't believe the missed opportunity to talk about 
and to bring to the market a very simple, straightforward approach on wellness, not dealing with uh, trying to cure diseases, simply trying to improve your mood. Because if you can improve your mood, everything else gets improved around you. That was the concept. And then, of course, there was the challenge of how do you do that? How do you begin to trans, you know, how do you move from the retail business into uh, the CBD business, specifically in the gummy business? And of course, that was uh, part of, uh, you know, the entrepreneurial journey. You know, you have invested partners at Mixology who uh, have a lot invested and they don't want the, the, the guy running the show off doing the CBD thing. Uh, and so I had to make choices, right? You know, do I stay and and do I continue the the security and safety of what I built, or do I start from scratch? Because that's ultimately what it was going to be. Mm-hmm. I said to Renee, "What do we do, honey?" You know, um, and I said, "We do what's good for us, and we do. We need a change. We needed a change at that point. It was toxic. It didn't feel good." Mm-hmm. It was the boiling point. It was the breaking point. It was that pivotal moment where you have to make a choice. We had to choose our mindset. What are we going to do? And we did it. Yeah. And I feel like I have so many questions already. But Renee, where where is your mental health when when Jonathan is, you know, performing and, you know, on the, on the surface and from external looks like has everything together? You know, I'm, I'm assuming you're seeing some things behind the scenes. But where where's your mind at at this point? Um, <laughs> poor thing. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that's exactly it. It's that we carry or, you know, it, it's a challenge not to carry your partner's stress and anxiety, which I have my own anxieties and my own stresses. And now I'm carrying his too, because I'm trying to be there for him as much as I'm trying to be there for myself, not understanding. And there was a pivotal moment when John first went to his psychiatrist, um, the first one that like actually mm-hmm. something. She looked at me and we went together because it was at a point that, you know, his mental health was really at a breaking point. But just for some context, this was I was 25 years old. Oh, yeah. This I'm was very young. Too, right. So. I kind of like went backwards because you asked about my mental yeah. health. Yeah. Me back there. Sorry about that. That's okay. Um, so she said to me, would you leave him if he had cancer? And I said, oh my God, of course not. That's and she said, well, your mental health is a disease. Having anxiety, having depression, it's a disease. You have to look at it as a disease. Mm-hmm. And that just changed my entire mindset, my entire perception on what was happening. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I used to work with the homeless for a lot of years. And I remember one of the speakers that I had brought in, he said something very similar, which is when you can see someone physically has a broken leg or in a wheelchair, you know, we go to cater to that person. What can I do? Can I open the door? Can I do this? But when we see that, you know, someone looks mentally unstable, we're like, oh, my God, what what's going on? And we sort of back away. We don't look at the ailments in the same or the injury or whatever it is in this in the same way because we can't see it yeah 100 percent true but that so so with knowing that at that very young age when when i changed my perception i guess along the journey that like put us on the journey of helping each other and and seeing each other's you know um stresses and anxieties and just trying to be there and evolve with each other. And don't get me wrong, there were screaming matches and 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 lots of, of stuff to work through every day still, you know. That was just this morning. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But I think the perception changed there and it really helped me with my own anxieties and my own, you know, fears. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Well, thanks for thanks for sharing all that, because, you know, it's it's nice that we now live in a place where, you know, we can talk a little bit, of course, about about mental health and it doesn't have to feel so taboo. And the more people that speak up about it, of course, you know, makes it more both relatable and just like less taboo to have the conversation. So, Jonathan, if I can ask, too, and maybe you, Renee, were you guys like, how is the other health stuff in addition to the CBD, you know, at this time? Are you guys sleeping well, you know, working out, eating well? Are those sort of things in in check or did you make some changes there? Or has that, has that been part of the journey as well? Yeah, that's a huge part of the journey. I'm so happy you brought that up because that's kind of where I came in, in into the, you know, where I showed what I finally had a chance now. Well, to, to explore meditation, to mm-hmm. work out and, and changing our diets, changing what we ate. I mean, John lost 60 pounds. Oh my gosh. I was a heavy fella, but uh, you know. He lost 60 pounds from- Because I was, it was emotional eating. It was the sure. only time during the day when I had privacy to myself in the office with a billion people asking me things. I had my pizza, I was happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the CBD really um, balanced, helped to balance Listen, I think I, I think that what is most important to really get to is this concept of CBD or exercise or any of these things as modalities, mm-hmm. right? These are simply modalities in our lives to help improve our wellness, improve how we feel. Um, and so that's why we're so aligned uh, with, you know, all of the things that, that, that you've done and the things that you're doing, because you create modalities for people. You create spaces and communities so that people can go, they can express themselves through exercise, through movement, and they can feel better. And they're changing their mindset by doing that. CBD is simply another tool in your tool belt to mm-hmm. do that. And of course, there's yoga, there's meditation. It's the things you listen to. It's the things you eat right? All these things are going to go and play. It's almost like, why does mindset CBD work the specific way it works? Why is it different than other CBD? Well, it's not just all of the the things we've talked about. It's because we use full spectrum CBD infused with these specific terpenes and they work synergistically. And that's sort of the magic of everything in life. It's this working synergistically in balance. And once things are in balance, once things have that synergy together, then everything seems to work out. You know, there's no peaks, there's no valleys. CBD, exercise, uh, mm-hmm. all those positive affirmations. Those are the kind of things that are going to rebalance your system and give you the opportunity to feel how you want to feel. Can you can you just actually? I should have probably started there too. But for folks who aren't as familiar with CBD, and frankly, I'm I couldn't tell you what exactly it is. So could you educate our listeners just a little bit on that? Yes, this is my absolute favorite part. Um, so this is the coolest part. So you've heard about CBD. You probably confuse it with THC. Is it get you high? So number one, let's discuss what it is. It is a molecule. It is just a little fatty lipid molecule that is found in the hemp plant. Okay. It is grown, ours is grown in the United States. And this little molecule is one of a hundred different molecules. These are called cannabinoids. Or in this case, because they're made by a plant, it's called a phytocannabinoid. Mm-hmm. Very simple. It has no intoxicating effects. Now there are other phytocannabinoids like THC that mm-hmm. will intoxicate you. But CBD is in the same category as coffee, same category as coffee. So there's zero intoxication. So how does it work? 
So we have inside us what's called an endocannabinoid system. Basically, it's a system that handles homeostasis or balance in our system. So we have these receptors in every part of our body, in our central nervous system. And when something is out of balance, the three big ones, anxiety, pain, or inflammation, mm -hmm. our endocannabinoids, these are molecules we create inside us, go to these specific receptors to try to help that balance. Bring the receptor up or down so that our anxiety, our pain, or inflammation can come back into balance. But of course... The things that we eat, the way that we live, our genetics, just our predisposition sometimes makes it very difficult for those things to work. The craziest thing nature has provided for us, a molecule, this cannabidiol, which is CBD, has almost the same chemical makeup as our own endocannabinoids, this phytocannabinoid. So when you take CBD, you actually optimize this endocannabinoid system. So now it can do all the things you want it to do. It can balance that anxiety. It can balance that pain. It can balance that inflammation. No side effects and no possibility of any kind of overdose. It's just a little fatty, little lipid. And it is the most amazing way, again, to help yourself, give yourself that a little bit of a boost you may need so that you can do the things you want. You know, because when you listen to all of those incredible people, right, you're going through Instagram and it says, walk through that fear, you know, success is on the other side of that fear. And I go, yeah, I'm ready, but I'm still scared. What can I, that little gummy that just lowers my anxiety that little bit, it's just what I need enough to get going. And that's why it's a modality. And that's why it's just a little bit of a, a part so that you can, again, give your sense Give yourself a, a sense of how you want to have control over your mood and your environment. Uh, interesting. I didn't. I didn't know any of that, and I'm sure a lot of people listening didn't didn't know it and don't know the difference between again marijuana, THC, and and CBD. So, how do you guys? Because um, we partnered together on our ambition opening, of course. And how do when you like you have the sleep, you have the focus, you have the happy. How do you? What goes in differently to each one of the, the the bags that's trying to, you know, help bring out that that emotion or that attribute? Yeah. So it's uh, it's really straightforward. So the whole idea is mindset wellness at, at its core is a plant based mood enhancement system. OK, to make it simply, we ask a question. How do you want to feel? The answer is it's your choice. You choose your mindset. By choosing your mindset, you are choosing one of the mindset formulas that come in gummies or tinctures, right? We have happy. And the reason that happy works is because the full spectrum CBD is going to lower your anxiety. And then we infuse it with limonene from lemons and limes. That mm. uplifts your mood. Separately, they're okay. Together, you get a sense of feeling happy. It's subtle. It is, again, CBD is what you do not feel as opposed to what you do feel. You take a drink, you get a little buzz. You smoke a little weed, you get a little high. CBD is removing stress. It is not adding to. And so we have our calm formula with linalol from lavender. Pinene from pine needles makes our focus formula like a natural Adderall. We use humulene from hops in our recovery great after a ambition workout, right? Um, and then, of course, we have rest, which is our number one formula because people are just either not getting to sleep or yeah. they're getting up and they can't get back to sleep. Melatonin and a couple of other things, including B12, which people don't normally see for sleep, but it really gives you that wake up, refresh feel. Uh, and so the whole idea is that you're using these products throughout your day so that you're modifying how you want to feel. Let's say you open up the morning with a focus gummy. It's only 10 milligrams, so it's not a lot. And then you go to a happy gummy. And then maybe a calm gummy and then rest before you go to sleep. And before you know it, you've taken four gummies during the day. You've microdosed your system. You're not finding any of those peaks and valleys. 
and you're just feeling yourself. Zero intoxication, just yourself. And what I say to people is, what is the downside? Like, this does not work for you. What is the downside? The upside is if it does work, wow. I mean, this is an easy one. This is an easy way to feel better. And and, and that's just what my whole yeah has been about. My whole life's been about trying to feel better. Yeah. And I get really excited. You know, most founders, of course, buy into their products, but even things like this, you know, I always find it skeptical when when founders or whomever are running businesses and they don't do the thing that they're telling people to do. So I love that, you know, you guys had your own experience with it. And because mine was similar with solid core and, and working out and all those things of like, I just want people to feel as good as I feel. I want to create a brand, a community. And, you know, I want to get into the brand piece here in a minute. But when I started solid core, it was very similar of like, I didn't know you could work out like this. And then I continued to do Pilates and I'm like, there's no brand, there's no community around this modality. And I think I that's my specialty, right? So like, I know that I can add this in and change the workout and make it more athletic. But that was the really fun part of it, of taking, you know, this workout, this fundamental of Pilates, changing it enough to, to make it again, more appealing to folks who want more of an intense work in athletic, and then adding in the community piece of it. Because let's face it, guys, CBD is a crowded space. So let's get into a little bit of the brand building and the community aspect of it, of how that's a part of your business model and how you do that with a product. Yeah, that is really what you said there. Um, it's it's finding that opportunity, seeing that opportunity where what what's out there, you, you know, we wanted to help people. We wanted to share this with people, but we saw that there was nothing out there speaking to our community. You know, there was nothing. It, speak, it was a scary little bottle with a hemp leaf. And we just saw the opportunity to create a brand and community that um, would respond to that. Well, well that's, that's, let's pause on that. That's interesting. So Jonathan, even when you first saw that thing, you were like, this is weed. You, that, that particular, you know, weed plant that we all associate with it, it was immediately a reaction was no, thank you. That's not, I don't want to engage with that because of whatever we hear about it. So was that kind of your guys, this first thing of this whole approach, branding, how we showcase this needs to be easier and simpler. The thing was is that, you know, you know as an entrepreneur, when you come into a new space, there are positives and negatives. The negatives are obviously you don't have the experience, but the positives are you're coming from 30,000 feet. Yeah. Things that have been not, I mean, the most obvious stuff that's been missed. So when I was a, a white kid coming into hip hop, there were things I saw when I was a rapper coming into the retail business. There were things I saw. And now as a, you know, a, a retailer coming into the wellness space, there are things that we saw. And again, we didn't try to get over our skis. What were we very good at for 20 years? Building community in the luxury suburbs of New York. We said we don't need to be the CBD brand for the entire world. We just want to be New York's luxury CBD brand. Yeah. And we ended up figuring out that our audience, the people that bought clothes from us, the people that trusted us, also want to feel good, but there was a stigma attached. So they might have done some uh, THC gummies when they went to Colorado on a trip where they're smoking some weed on the weekends. But for all intents and purposes, our audience is kind of curious. They're here that there's some good things going on. They're not sure. And you wouldn't be surprised how many people call us and say, what about fentanyl? I mean, you know, and you, you don't even think about it. You go, of course. I mean, people are worried. They see things on the news. It's yeah. There's so many different uh, things. So what was our thing? What did we do? We said, we're retailers. 
we know how to retail. So what we did was we said, okay, let's go out and let's bring our products. I couldn't open a store in the middle of the pandemic, but what could I do? I'd go to my local salon with a mask on and I could start to tell people about my product. And I approached it like I approached the music business. I gigged. I said, Renee and I, we're going to start our products. Each one of them is a single, happy as a single, calm as a single, and we're going to gig. And before you know it, we were gigging bigger and bigger gigs. Mm-hmm. And before you know it, we were at, uh, you know, at the Hamptons Film Festival. And before you know it, we got a couple of those big breaks that you do as a gigging band, right? We got that great call from Isaac Boots, um, a fitness guru and philanthropist. And Isaac called us and said, listen, I love your products. I'm opening a store in the Hamptons. You guys are really good at retail and you guys are really good at wellness. Come out here and let's spend the summer together. And of course, we worked so well because it was the first time Fred Siegel was ever out in the Hamptons. And we're sitting there as a CBD brand completely in our retail element, right? completely at home. And then everybody understood. They go, oh, now we get what this is. And we got lucky. Uh, we got a couple of really great people along the line who sort of picked up our flag, the Christina Cuomo's of the world and the purists, and, and saw something great in what we were doing. And ultimately, uh, talking about uh, support, you know, and it's only about community. At 20 years being in the retail business, we ended up hiring, if not a thousand, at least many hundreds of young girls who work for us at, at our stores. Uh, that was the part of our success. We always invest in local communities. But what was exciting was now, as you fast forward in time, all of these young girls are now women. Some of them married, but some of them with incredible jobs. Mm-hmm. All of them came out of the woodwork and put us on their podcasts and put us in Us Magazine. And and the support that they showed us showed us that we had done something right in our mm-hmm. previous business. It was so rewarding to see all of these people come out and to say, listen, we're here to support you. But ultimately, we have a kind of curious audience. And so we try our best uh, to educate as much as possible. And we do that by being in front of people. Um, we got very lucky uh, and Equinox Sports Club saw us as a great activation partner. And uh, before we knew it, we were doing, you know, 20, 40 pop-ups a month yeah, uh, consistently every month. Uh, obviously, we couldn't get to the ones that were completely out of state. These were national events. Uh, and then the Moxie Hotels uh, came to us and said, listen, uh, would you guys want to do activations, pop-ups. We just did a gummy together for Valentine's Day, a sexual wellness gummy called Love, Love Mindset. And that was distributed to guests who checked into the Moxie Hotels. Mm-hmm. And those are the kind of moments. Uh, we have two, inc- oh, actually three incredible collaborations that we're doing right now. And these things are things that we did in the clothing business. And of course, we're bringing them successfully to this space. Uh, one, of course, is I mentioned with Isaac Boots, we have our new Torched CBD line coming out. It's about to launch at the end of this month. It'll be launching at Gurney's to the public in June. Uh, it is transdermal CBD patches. Isaac's a very smart guy, and he came up with this concept of transdermal patches. So you put them on, and they're going to decrease your anxiety and increase your energy. And then, of course, we have our torch gummies. Um, and then we have what was really cool for Mother's Day was our mom's timeout with Liz Stern of Diva Moms. And Liz is the mom whisperer. Uh, she is, uh, has a couple of amazing books out and she said, I need these three things for moms, happy, calm, and rest. And so the mom's timeout is those three gummies, 10 of each. And of course we got very lucky this week. Rosanna Scotto put it on Fox five for us and we've been on PIX with it. There's been a lot of excitement around it. And then of course we have our dating survival pack with a lot of done of seeing other people. Uh, obviously, dating is a, uh, a navigatable world uh, filled with anxiety. And so CBD is a great way uh, to get yourself prepared for a date, 
and then uh, not to text back too quickly. Uh, so those are all of the, uh, the the collaborations we're doing. But ultimately, those are the kind of things because our audience is looking for points of uh, authenticity and authority. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, for us to, you know, again, there was no other CBD brand at Ambition's grand opening. We were there. That means everything. You know, that, you know, this was, that's, I don't take that lightly. You know, I, I take that as, as, as so much gratitude, but that's why we are where we are right now because we're out. We're happy to be out. We're happy to talk to people. We're happy to activate. You know, we, we love what we're doing. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, there's a, a lot there. And something you guys have a lot of different products for different, you know, whatever people are looking for, which is awesome. And I'm also going to tell you to stop saying lucky. It doesn't sound like you guys are lucky. It sounds like you're working hard and that people are, you know, wanting to support. And there's a difference with wanting to support and also like the product is good. So you need all of those elements. So hopefully you guys are feeling really proud about that. But I really um, want to dive deep into what you said to help people on listening to this particular podcast when you said we knew who our audience was and we weren't trying to be, you know, the national brand. Like it's like I always tell people work backwards from where you're trying to get to. And you'll hear people like, oh, someone's already doing that. And I'm like, guys, look how many. Again, I'm going to I'm going to reference solid core. The majority of people who work out have never heard of solid core. There's such a small number of people who actually know who we are. And we are a nine figure business. Like you don't need the whole world to know who you are, to make it big, to be successful, to be whatever. It's actually more beneficial to specialize, to, to understand who your audience is. Let someone else work on the other audience, know what your brand is, and then be able to target those particular people. And, you know, so many times during Solid Core's lifespan, and I'm sure ambitions too, there's opportunity like, oh, why aren't you guys going digital and virtual, you know, during the the pandemic? And we're like, we are not a digital media company. And we are not going to pivot our entire business model for what we're pretty sure is a moment in time to satisfy these customers who really want that. Like that's, we don't have anybody on this team who understands digital media. So we partnered with people, you know, in a smaller capacity and said, we'll deliver the workouts, but you guys need to figure out, you know, the activation piece of it, how to get, you know, filming it, how to get in front of these folks. We know nothing about that. So I think it's really important as, again, you guys talked about, you know, branding and community. It's almost, again, doubling down on the consumer that you know is your consumer rather than being like, and I hate when people say this, when people ask you like, oh, who's your customer? Like, well, we're everybody, everybody. I'm like, stop it. That's such a, it's such an annoying answer because it's not true. And when you say that you're for everybody, I, I sort of say, well, then if you're for everybody, then th that's confusing to me because- I can tell you who Solid Core is for. Solid Core is for someone who wants to work hard. I can tell you who Ambition is for, and it's not for everybody. It has nothing to do with race or gender or demographic. It's to do with mindset. And that's the client that I'm speaking to that I want to speak to over and over again. Right. Yeah. Well, that's why you're so successful. Exactly. I mean, you you understand it completely. That's that's exactly it. You know, if, if you have, you know, again, it's always about low-hanging fruit. You know, why, mm -hmm. I, you know, if you have an audience who is going to appreciate who you are or what you've done previously, why wouldn't you use that to your advantage? I mean, it, it doesn't make any sense to give you that little bit of authority. If I walked into Colorado and I told people I, I was the founder of Mixology Clothing Company, I don't know if they would care. Right. But if I walk, in, but if I, if I walk into a, a retailer in Roslyn, uh, they get very excited. And yeah. 
So it's, you know, it's where you, it's, you've got to plant your seeds in fertile soil. Um, totally. And and let's talk a little bit about guys about you knowing what you're really good at. So, cause I think that's valuable advice for people listening to you um, that we can both share of just like, gosh, you know, cause a lot of people talk themselves out of doing things of like, well, I've never ran a business before. I don't know. I don't know anything about retail, but I know about this pride. I don't know anything about this or that. You know, what was your guys's approach? And I can share after you share of really honing in on what you know how to do and then finding the right people that you know is going to be a part of your business, whether it's finance, operation, sales, you know, product development, you know, where you where you develop these things and, you know, legal work. I mean, there's so many components involved in running a business. So how did you guys approach that? Well, listen, you know, the four, the, the fact that this is our fourth chapter, obviously we've got a little bit of experience. So when people, when I go to an investor meeting and they tell me this is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, I'll, I'll never do this. I've heard that a couple of times about other very successful ventures I've had. So it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't phase me anymore. Right. You know? Okay, great. Move on. Where a younger, a younger person may get hurt by that. They may say, oh, I'm, I need to second guess myself. Yeah. So, very big part of it is understanding, first of all, and demystifying everything. Investors don't know everything. CEOs don't know everything. You saw these banks that just failed. These were yeah. the best of the best. These were highly qualified college. Great, great example. Great example. And, yep. You know, guess what? They did analyses and they had algorithms and they had a million things. Guess what? They failed. So anyone can fail. Everyone thinks that they're an expert. Uh, you, my suggestion is don't be the smartest person in the room. If you are, get into a different room uh, because you're not going to learn anything that way. Um, and de-verticalize. Uh, you're seeing it in cannabis finally, the de-verticalization, meaning that you had farmers that were manufacturers that were also branding and also selling. It's That's why it's a mess right now in the space because you can't have people doing the same thing. You have to have people that are good at what they do. You know, So I'm good at marketing. I'm good at sales. But I am not out on a farm growing hemp. I have people do that really well. Right. You know? And that's again, guys. Another example of that is solid cores, solid cores machines, you know, or even ambitions, you know, fit benches. We don't make those. Like solid core, actually, we own the patent on it. But like we manu, we we farm that out to a, someone who understands engineering and manufacturing to actually make the machines. We don't own that part of the company. We own the finished product. But exactly that, and just like it's also not a smart use of your time. If you're like, okay, well, if we end up going to grow these things, you know, what does that mean for? you know, the potential profit margins on something. Is that is that something that is going to be the best use of Jonathan and Renee's time to go farm this out? Yes or no? Okay, the answer is no. You know, anyway, I just, it, it, you don't have to know everything and know how to do everything in your business, but you, it is your responsibility to be resourceful enough to find the best people for that part of your business to make it work. Well, I'll say 100%. this, I'll say this, that having as many skills as possible where you can do as much on your own before you can get to that point where someone's either willing to give you some money or you get rev positive, mm -hmm. it's because if I couldn't make the website myself, I would have not had the cap to be able to do it. If I couldn't create the products in terms of the design and the elements, that would have been a whole other expense. And so there are many things that we were able to do on our own uh, from our experience. And again, I would say that to any entrepreneur who's doing it, which is use the things that you're good at to apply to the things that you know how to do now uh -huh. uh, was, uh, you know, there will be an inflection point, you know, where you get to that point where at some point, like you mentioned, your time becomes more valuable uh, doing something else than doing this, you know, potentially right. test that somebody else could be uh, taking off from you. Right. Mm -hmm. But to that point also, we did, we didn't know how to make formulas. We had to go to formulas. We work with formulators who mm -hmm. produce the gummies. Um, we don't make them in our kitchen. 
<laughs> but I, but when I to that point, I think a lot of people stop in their tracks. It's like, I don't know how to do that. It's like, guys, I'm telling you, any entrepreneur that you see that's made it, I can't tell you how many aspects about solid core, you know, that I'm like, I'd never done before. I had never, I'd never signed a commercial lease before. I had never, you know, built out, hired a construction firm before to build that out. I'd never worked with an architect. Like I'm telling you, every single entrepreneur who's out there, the the time they became an entrepreneur in that business probably did those things for the first time. But it's trusting your mindset. It's trusting your ability to, that you're smart enough to figure it out, figure it out, ask the right questions and surround yourself with people who will help educate you that you can trust along the way. So it's just like part of, again, building the brand and building the community is knowing that aspect of it. Nobody has it all. And there's not one entrepreneur that I know that had it all figured out before they started. hundred percent. No. And there's not many I know that haven't figured it out now completely. I have to be honest with you. I mean, it's all figured out. It's, uh, you know, it's an evolving process, but the, the thing I would tell everybody is go, just do, uh, get out there. Because you don't know what the opportunities are uh, unless you're out there doing them. Uh, from your event alone, when I got to, and by the way, I just wanted to congratulate you. The space, we've been lucky enough to be able to activate in some really remarkable spaces uh, over the last couple of years. But your space is so gorgeous, so beautiful, Thank so you. well designed, so thought out, so well executed. I just I just had to mention that. It was just Thank unbelievable. You. Um, but uh, you know, I think ultimately... The answer is... Uh, it's about mindset. It really is what you said. It, it's really about choosing your mindset. And that's how we came up with our brands. I mean, it was, you know, before all of that, but then we get to a point of the pandemic where we're like, okay, what do we do? There's a pandemic going on. How are we going to do this? We were scared and we had a choice. We could say, okay, we're just going to like not do it. We shouldn't do it now. It's a bit, But we chose our mindset and we said, we're just going to do it. And we did it. And we moved through that fear. It's just moving that fear and once you do things start to fall into place i know that sounds like you know a little but but it does if you put yourself out there and you contact enough people and you connect with enough people and you make the relationships you'll get the answers you're looking for and it's it's information gathering you know the best way to learn is through doing and you're like well that worked or that didn't work but otherwise it just remains a hypothetical you know and you can tell yourself the story of you know, oh, what would have happened? But you really don't know until you're out there doing it. And, you know, the the failure piece, I, I'm curious to know your guys' take on it because, you know, there's there's two schools of thought that are like, oh, you know, you know, failing is good and whatever. And then there's people who are like, you know, put yourself in a position not to fail. I kind of am a little bit of the, of the latter. And, you know, there's just for my own self of just there's enough on the line where I'm like, I will do whatever it takes. I will outwork, out hustle, outsmart, out whatever. I, I, I like when you care enough about something, you you figure it out, and that's the mentality of an entrepreneur. Again, I know we talk about failing, and it doesn't mean that there's not missteps along the way, but the missteps are part of the overall success journey of just I learned my lesson there, and then like okay, you know, move forward. This that setback is one single setback, or again, a misstep doesn't make the whole thing a failure. It's okay, I got to pivot to get to this, you know, end result that I'm driving towards. So I'm curious your guys' view on the failure piece of it. I mean, I think that's exactly it. It's it's what is your mindset on failure, right? It's it's, it's all what it comes down to. And so I think my, personally for me, it's a combination. Um, I get very frustrated when something I uh, tried to accomplish doesn't work, but I've also learned that, okay, it's redirecting me very quickly. Mm -hmm. I try 
get caught up on it very quickly. I try to move very quickly to the next thing. So is it a failure? I don't know. If I sat and I ruminated in it and I really sat down and I really beat myself up over it, then it would be a failure. If I take it as a pivot point, then it's not a failure. So yeah. it's all about how you're going to approach the right. obstacle, right? Uh, things happen all day long. Things happen before I got on this call, but how I approach them is going to be, you know, and by the way, 50% of them I handle great, 50% I handle terribly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love there was a recent basketball player I forget who it was you guys may have seen the interview when a reporter asked him like do you consider this season a failure because I didn't make the playoffs and he was just so frustrated and he was just like dude are you kidding me like listen you know every if you don't if you're not every single time making a championship when you're an MVP someone's got to lose you know the same team's got to win and he gave the example of Michael Jordan of like Michael Jordan won six championships and you know nine played other nine years and didn't win those or those nine years of failure of course not. They're stepping stones and learning how to get you to the championship. But yeah, it's like you're not going to have, you know, a home run every single day. It's just information gathering. And it's all about how you choose to look at it, perceive it, react to it um, and make a decision from that particular situation that puts you in a better a better chance to be successful. Yeah. And, and to that point, again, you know, it's also what is success? Right. You know, right. When, you're, when you're saying, well, you know, I, I'm successful or I'm failing. It really depends on what your definition of both those things are. Mm -hmm. Success for some people could be a hundred stores. Success for other people could be, you know, my kid could just graduate law school. Yeah. My dog just, you know, had a great walk. It, it all depends on on what your definition of success is. And those three things are my definition of success. Yeah. So. Well, let's 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 circle back to I want to I want to talk about that a little bit and then circle back to what you said in the beginning of the podcast, which was which is around success and happiness. I think those would be great places for us to to wrap things up on, but you know, it's really easy in the social media world as again for you guys to get for all of us, but to get caught up in what success actually looks like. Uh, you know, I knew with Solid Core I wanted to build, you know, an empire. And to your point, you know, some people just want to be like, I want to have a bakery. I want to have one bakery where I can be, I want to be the person to greet the community and all these things. I don't want to have you know, 50 of these things because I can tell you if you have 50 versus one, your experience with the thing you created, you know, you have a responsibility, a whole lot different scale than otherwise. So reminding people not to get caught up in what somebody else's definition of success looks like and chasing that and getting clear on what you want your day-to-day -to, -day to look like. And I think that that's really important. Has that changed for you guys along the years of what success looks like for you? Um. Yeah, I think, you know, I think Life is constantly changing and evolving. And of course, our, what looks like, I mean, with with mindset, we really have found something that is, you know, we want to share with everyone. We want this to be huge. Like we want it everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that, yeah, I mean, I, I, listen, there's been different, there's been different reasons and different catalysts for why you do things at different times in your life. Mm -hmm. Most of my most of my life was running from discomfort to try to find comfort, which I was labeling as happiness. Mm -hmm. Running and running and running, building, 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 doing things, performing, you know, whatever it was, fame, fortune, that that whole trip, hoping that there was going to be some satisfaction at the end of it. Now I found that that was not for me what right. was my definition of success. Uh, clearly, but like Renee said, my definition of success. Let me just give you a quick example, and we'll wrap it. Uh, as I mentioned on Tuesday, we were on uh, on, a, on a, a popular show with one of our products. The internet exploded. Our site went nuts. It was like a Black Friday moment. Everyone went crazy, and I was excited. I was happy, 
But I got an email this morning from a customer who had gotten their package and said how they had their first good night's sleep. Uh-huh. For me, it was the success. Like that felt like that's the feeling I was waiting for. Right. And I realized, oh shit, I evolved. That's why. Because I'm, yeah. I'm not such a vacuous dickhead anymore. <laughs> I, I actually care. And that's when it was, that, but that was revelation to me. Yeah. Like that really, that, that felt good. Like it felt good in my heart. Yeah. Well, because you guys set out to make people's lives better and improve people's lives. So, you know, yes, sales are great and all those things, but validation of the product actually doing that, you know, I I, I totally relate. I feel the exact same way when I hear, you know, people send me texts or, or emails or tell me in person how much something that I created, you know, is enhancing and has made their life so much better. Like it's extremely fulfilling. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And then let's talk a little bit before, again, because I'm just super curious on it, because there's a lot of people who, you know, maybe aren't entrepreneurs yet, you know, Renee and Jonathan, and they have this thing, oh, once I am, you know, if I was just X amount successful, meaning had X amount of money, this and that, then I'd be happy. And that's a fool's errand. Oh, yeah, no, that's like saying if I had enough money, I'll, I'll get married. If I have enough money, I'll have a kid. I mean, yeah, yes. And you, yes, if you were very, very wealthy, is it easier to have a child? Yes, of course. Is it, if you have a lot of capital, is it easy to open a business? Yes. Should it stop you? Of course not. Because right. you, if you're waiting for all these specific uh, things to happen, you're never going to happen. You got a Studio 54. Go watch that uh, documentary if anybody hasn't seen it. You know? I haven't seen, I haven't seen just, it. You yeah. got to watch it. These guys just put Studio 54 together every day. Another thing happened. Another thing. They just kept moving. They just kept going. They just kept going. That's what you got to do. You will mm -hmm. fall, change, and move. Your expectation about what people think it's going to be uh, being an entrepreneur is much different than what it is really. At the end of the day, execution is everything. There are a billion great ideas out there. Mm -hmm. Most people never execute on those ideas. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Consistency every day. Execute. Some days are going to be good. Some days are going to be bad. Some days you're going to feel like it's just not working. But you don't know when you're digging through that coal mine when you're about to hit the diamond. So you got to keep digging. You know, that's just what it is. That's, yeah. that's the journey. Yeah. Renee, what about what about you? What have you, what have you learned about success and happiness together? Um, what I've learned is that, you know, we put so much limitations on ourselves um, that moving through those limitations and, and moving through that fear and not putting more limitations by saying, if I had this, if I had that, if I... You have to find the happiness in here. Mm -hmm. This is where it starts. It starts right here. It's not going to come from making a lot of money. It's not going to come from finding the right partner. It has to start with you. When you start taking care of yourself, mm -hmm. start doing things for yourself, that's how you become happier and you evolve. And then you bring the people around you into that happiness, into that joy, into that success. Yeah. Well, I can validate all of that because, again, I, you know, all of us on this call are entrepreneurs and done it a, a lot and for a lot of years. And I can tell you that the happiest I am is when I put my head at the pillow at night and I'm like, how did I show up for myself today? Did I make good quality decisions that are going to serve me tomorrow? How did I contribute positively to people's other people's lives, you know, around me that I care about? You know, did I treat people kindly? It's like, and you don't need money for all of these things. I'm not saying money is not important. I'm never going to say I don't care about money. That's bullshit. But I can tell you when I feel good is when I make the right decisions there is a great line that one of my friends said about his relationship with his husband when I was asking how, you know, they make decisions about certain things. And he's like, it's really simple. We ask ourselves, is this beneficial to the relationship or not? And if we can't articulate why why it is or why it isn't, that determines, you know, if we make the decision. And I apply that to my own life. Am I making a decision 
that's good for me today and tomorrow? Or is this just good for today? And you want to make as few decisions as you can that are just good in the moment, but have detrimental effects tomorrow. It's It's been a really great philosophy um, on how I live my life and contributing to a lot of fulfillment and, and happiness. Well, I, I, love, that's fantastic. I love that. Fully agree. Well, so for for let's uh, where can where can people find you guys? And also for someone who's never again had any experience with CBD, what is your recommendation for folks to just how do they get started and and where where where's their starting point? Absolutely. So you're going to go to mindsetwellness.com. Uh, that's our online presence, and you're going to go there and you're going to see very simply laid out, very straightforward different mindsets, happy, calm, rest, recovery, focus. You simply click on those mindsets. It'll give you a little description about how it can make you feel and how it gets there. And then you simply make a choice. You say, wait, I want to be a little happy. I want to be a little calmer. And it's that simple. It's that easy. And again, the upside is tremendous. The downside is almost none. It is a really wonderful product if you can get it from the right company and in the right efficacy. And I think that that's the climate mindset. Well, guys, and I can attest to that because I don't I don't really drink alcohol and I don't do THC, but um, have been grateful enough to, you know, get some products from these guys. And uh, it does just that. It, it's this small, subtle thing. And but it's but it's awesome. And uh, to your point, what's the downside of trying it and seeing if it uh, makes your life a little bit better? I, I, and I love the subtleness of it. And they taste really good. <laughs> Yeah, they're yummy. They're vegan, vegan and organic, yeah. more vegetable dyes and all organic ingredients. So it's a healthy piece of candy. Uh, I also want to tell your viewers, obviously, as more ambitions are opening, you can expect to see us uh, at these go openings uh, to meet and greet us live and in person. Uh, so uh, stay tuned, obviously, to uh, this channel uh, for when those events are going to be, because we'd love to meet everybody in person. And also, if anyone has any questions, you can reach us at Instagram. Oh, that's her. good. Yeah, she's, no, she's because, smart. because smart. message us. I answer every message. Please I think us. it's so important educating people. People have lots of questions, and we're here to answer them. So it's Mindset Wellness CBD at Mindset Wellness CBD. So the website is mindsetwellness.com, but the Instagram is Mindset Wellness CBD. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. I really appreciate everything that you've shared with everybody today. Oh, thank oh you. God. Thank you so much, Anne. So much gratitude. Awesome. Thanks, you. guys. Hey, everyone. If you are loving these how-to podcasts, I would greatly appreciate you to follow, rate, and review. It helps us get these podcasts out to more people who are looking for these actionable items on how to make real progress in their life. Thank you so much. You know I appreciate you.